Hello and welcome to The Social Recruiting Show. I'm Katrina Collier. I'm, of course, author of The Robot Proof Recruiter, which I don't show enough ever, and a facilitator and a speaker. I'm, of course, joined by uh, the gorgeous, talented, talented acquisition professional co-host, the one, the only, the amazing Glenn Martin. Hola. Thank you. You did not distract me, Glenn Martin. <laughs> and just before I introduce our guest, of course, a huge thank you to Enterprise Alumni, our amazing sponsor who keep us here every week. We cannot thank you enough for that. This week, we are super excited to be speaking to another talented talent acquisition professional in the name of Mr. Clive Smart, who will be showing us how to recruit better, especially those developers. Clive Smart, welcome, welcome Clive. to the Social Recruiting Show. Hello. Welcome, welcome, man. Doesn't know what he's letting himself in for. This <laughs> he's, he's, he's sitting there thinking this should be an easy chat. Well, we've got loads of questions lined up for you, Clive. So you, you better oh, strap great. in and get ready, my friend. <laughs> looking, looking forward already. <laughs> well, listen, man. Just, um, just to kind of give everybody a bit, a bit of context, a bit of background in terms of you. How did you, how did you get into recruitment twenty years ago? It wasn't that long ago. <laughs> um, so he looks way younger than you and I, so he must have actually started. We had a career yeah. before the career, didn't we? Yeah. When, I, when I checked out his LinkedIn profile, I was like, 20 years, no way. Gone in, no, no chance. No chance. He's only 30. Yeah. <laughs> I, I sort of fell into this game by accident. Um, there was an advert in the Yorkshire Post. That's how you used to apply for vacancies back in the day. A newspaper, um, like with yeah, 20 words on it. Yeah. A newspaper yeah. came out on a Thursday. That was the only time you could apply. Sent a letter off and they had an interview ended up getting a job in medical recruitment uh, so i was recruiting gp locums plaster technicians uh doctors um pretty hard as well yeah, yeah uh using file cabinets and database uh and then obviously decided they wanted to get into it <laughs> <laughs> spinning the old file effects <laughs> and then you wanted Ooh. to get into it yeah, so then I went into IT recruitment, mainly in contract recruitment, and then moved to a, a small boutique agency where up to the last recession, I used to have about 250 contractors out. Then lost the lost the entire book uh, within a couple of days because of the recession. Then struggled to get another recruitment gig because obviously I'd lost mm -hmm. my main client and then yep. saw the future in in-house recruitment and then got my first opportunity to to go in-house on the other side of the fence, which was good. Yeah, cool. I remember that feeling. It was like, where did that come from? Actually, a little bit like the pandemic. Where did it come from? Yeah. And yeah. then just that yeah, loss so, of income. It was huge. So it was seven and a half years worth of work. There's 250 contracts as it just went. Yeah. Um, took a box, didn't get a massive redundancy check and had to start again. And then ended up back on site at the, my main client with all the people I'd hired. <laughs> Brilliant. And slightly yeah. less money. <laughs> um, yeah, a lot less money, yes. Yeah. 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 I, I found that time really tough as well because I hadn't done any business development for a really long time because I hadn't had to because mine had all been rolling, which I assume yours had been as well. So suddenly yeah. you're trying yeah. to do biz dev again after so many years in a bloody recession. Yeah, yeah. I feel for everybody right now. I do not miss agency work. <laughs> That's cool, man. So, so, should we do the topic? Let's do the topic. Shall we? Yeah, shall well. we? Here comes the banner. Dun, dun, yeah. dun. Using time back as cash, which meant nothing to me, I hasten to add until mm. I watch the video, uh, to hire developers. Clive is very, very proud of this initiative. Yeah. So, I can't wait to delve in and hear more. And as ever, please ask all of your comments yeah. and questions so we can make wow. this interactive and fun. We, I've gone blurry. Got, 
Okay. Yeah, we've got we've got a preloaded question for Clive, but we'll save that one for a little bit later. So, what's yeah. just explain to everybody what what that what the concept is of Ooh, time back time back as, as cash. So, obviously, in my role, it's slightly <laughs> different to what I used to do. I used to obviously hire developers, and a lot of the role is it's headhunting. You know, as much as the sky gaming gaming brand is, you know, you know, really great. People yeah. don't actually apply for developer roles in the numbers that externally you would expect. Uh, mm -hmm. So it's a lot of hard work, searching under a lot of rocks, stalking people, you know, find them on Twitter, you know, GitHub, those type of places. Mm -hmm. And it, it I was assume just that's the same now as well, pandemic little, or not. Yeah, mm -hmm. a little bit. Yeah. And the candidate has all the cards. And often you find this unicorn and then at the last minute they pull out, don't want to move or they've got another offer elsewhere. So all I wanted to do is try and switch it in my favor. So initially it started off by, mm. I was going to try to write the best job advert ever. So I used my developers version, version 20. We'd, we wrote this amazing job advert. We put mm. it out there. I was so proud of it. I was like, I'm just going to hit the, the submit button. I'm going to come in the next day. There's going to be lots of people that have applied. How many? There was 10, which was good. Normally oh, we get, normally, okay. we got, normally we get two. Um, actual developer applications is quite huge. Yeah. Uh, so we did make a higher off the improved advert, but then nobody else then seemed to come through in the numbers. So it was still back mm. to sourcing again, which was hard. The other problem we find is we always have the same roles on, and it's not because of attrition, it's because we're growing. So if you're an yeah. external candidate, you'd look at Skybit in the game and go, there's a problem there. They're always hiring a DevOps engineer. They're always hiring a platform engineer. That role's always advertised. It's always advertised because we've got probably 50 or 60 of the same vacancy open. So mm. it, it was trying to think of a new way of engaging with that candidate. So it was probably back to my original recruitment days where you'd put an advert on, on Reed when it was a free website. You'd hit the button, <laughs> use the time it. Within 20 minutes, you've got a candidate, you filled the role. So I wanted to try and get back to those days, but I knew it was physically impossible. Yeah. Then I went to a recruitment event. I went to the, um, True Manchester, and I was speaking to a couple mm -hmm. of people at that event. And I sort of had a bit of a brainwave at the time. But at the same time, we'd, we'd launched an internal product at Skybending Gaming called um, Money Back as Cash. So it was a, a promotion for customers where if their horse lost uh, the Cheltenham Festival, we'd give them their money back up to, I think it was £10 at the time. Great yeah. promotion. The customer won. We lost a lot of money, but, you know, the, the customers <laughs> were happy. And I'd also had developers in the past that had conversations with me where we'd said, can you do this tech test? I mean, it was often the candidates based in the EU. They'd be like, mm -hmm. I, I don't want to do it, but I might do it for 25 euros. So I had paid in the past some developers a little bit of a bounty to do a technical mm -hmm. test. Cool. So based off some of the Fair. Uh, it's their yeah. time, isn't it? Yeah, and it, it can take them up to you know two to three days for some companies' technical tests. So why shouldn't you pay those people? Mm. Mm. Yeah. Um, so based off the event I went to, the product that we had internally, I sort of went home. I was on the train and had a bit of a brainwave moment. Was like why don't we put all that all together, try and invite them in for a day and mm. pay, the, pay them a bounty? But then the next question yep. was, can we do that? Can we you know, pay them? Had a conversation with our tax manager. We could. And then it was the hard bit then, trying to get people internally to buy into the idea. Yeah. Mm. Luckily, one of my hiring managers I'd worked with for about three, four years, he started off as a senior software engineer and worked his way up to the EM. And told him the idea, he, he loved the idea, and he helped me build out the concept. But then we had to get various stakeholders internally to buy into the idea so we could then 
market it and go live. Yeah. Um, we did have some people that said, I'll give you one chance, Clive. You can bring one candidate in. If it's a success, great. If it's not, forget it. We didn't we didn't use those hiring managers to start with. Mm. <laughs> we we got Surprisingly. other people. Yeah, we got other people to they really want the world, you know, don't they? Yeah, they wanted their traditional methods that worked, and I can see why. But what we found is when we did use the, the method internally, it was the hiring managers that weren't so much engaged with recruitment. They didn't really like it. They liked that this was something new. And mm. it actually wasn't going to take up that much of their time because the candidates would be pre-selected, they'd come in for the day. The hiring manager yeah. wouldn't have to spend too much time with them. It was the actual squad that they're working with that spends the time yeah. with them. But we did have people who were a little bit hesitant. Well, going, I can't give up the entire squad's day for an entire day. And you're like, well, you're not. All it's going to be is they might sit with someone for half an hour, then sit someone else for an hour and a half. They go to lunch together. They go to the stand-up together. They could mark 25 tech tests. You add up that time, it's more time than you're going to give up to spend a day between you all. And they're programming together, go? aren't they? Isn't yeah, that what the video was? So, so you're getting to see them program. They're getting to see what Sky's like. Mm. It kind of sounds like a win-win, no? Yeah. And it's like how many times have you have actually been for a job? You go into a room, you do a whiteboard exercise as a software engineer. You don't do any whiteboarding as a software engineer. It's all about the code. So it's actually seeing that person in their real life, mm. you know, situation. Um, you want to sit next to that person who's on the beanbag. You want to put your cans on, but you. You buy into the people in that squad, not the little interview room that yeah. isn't the best environment for them to thrive. Yeah. So I'm, I'm curious, Clive. I think I think the concept would have landed really well. How? What was the reaction to paying somebody for their time? Because that's completely <laughs> aside from any interview process, right? Interview process, you're giving your time for free because you want yeah. the job. You're now saying, "Well, actually, we're going to pay these people for their time." How did that? How did that land? It, it was mixed. Some people were like going, you're going to get people exploited. They're only coming for the 500 pounds. They'll be professional contractors. And I was like, well, let's see, you know, if someone does do that. I'm just right, going to pay we'll that day anyway. So they don't need to yeah. spend a day at Sky for 500 quid, do they? Yeah. And they might not even get selected <laughs> to come in anyway. You know, they'd probably oh. rather stay doing their contracting gig. Oh. Um, other people were like going, I don't think you need to pay as much. I wanted to pay more, but I got talked down. <laughs> <laughs> what was your figure? <laughs> it, mine, mine was a grand. I wanted to go with a grand. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But I still think £500 fair. And I think we picked that figure yeah. because of a contractor rate, because it was just trying yep. to get contractors that would yeah. take the day off work. But also, some people don't have much holiday left. So it's like, mm -hmm. we've all used that dentist excuse to go to an interview. But if you're dealing with a candidate that's got one day's holiday, you've got to make mm -hmm. it worthwhile for them. But so also, interesting. You know, if we go back to the figures, there are, well, the mm. last time I looked into it, five job vacancies for every developer, say, in London. So, you know, even if that's not close, it's still four per every job. There's still mm. a massive shortage of them. So you've got to do something different, haven't you? Definitely. Definitely. I'm interested now, you've talked about the business and their reaction. What what was the kind of general feedback from the individuals that were coming in to do these kind of, you know, these kind of workday interviews? What was the feedback you were getting? The, the feedback from them was amazing. They liked it. It was something new. It was innovative. Um, we were seeing candidates that we'd not seen before. So, you know, one of the people we hired, we couldn't find them on the traditional LinkedIn, uh, you know, the Twitter and those type of places where you may look. Uh, one of the first hires was a candidate that was a relocation candidate. So pre-COVID, you tended to look around your geographical area because mm. a, lot, a lot of people wouldn't move. Uh, it was a little yeah. bit needle in the haystack. 
But this candidate, he'd seen he'd seen the, the campaign and actually it appealed to him and relocation was open to him. But, you know, he said he wouldn't have applied if it hadn't been for the way it was presented. Um, mm. Feedback from other people was they wanted to find out more about it from other people that had been through the process. But what we mm. what we did is we run retrospectives after we'd run each session to actually mm. make improvements. So the person that came in on the first one wasn't the same as the one on the fifth or the sixth, for example. Mm. Um and we just made minor tweaks along the way. One of the tweaks along the way was to actually create a goodie bag. Um, so people that came in were more bought in. So your, your, your lanyard, uh, we had a personalized lanyard made for them. So it had the corporate logo on. And then in brackets, it said staff, not just yet, winky face. Nice. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> we also got that's, secure. You just like doing, what's that thing they do in sales, isn't it? Where they're closing you all the way through. Like the, mm. the soft close. Stop close. Yeah. yeah. We Very also got cute. we also got Infosec to sign off them having their own land, uh, sorry, ID pass printed so they could have access so they didn't need to be escorted around the building. It actually said their name on it. So when the individual came in, they were sat with the squad. You knew that person was called John, Trevor, whatever, rather than visitor. We also then went one more level yeah. as well. So we had the staff not just yet lanyard. We had a mug as well. So you got a mug when we signed you in at reception. But the reason for the the coffee mug was it's it was a token to take away at the end of the day so if you get the job you've got, your five, you've got you've got your 500 pound you've got the job you've got that coffee cup at home but if you mm. don't get if you don't get the job you still take the mug home but you've got that momentum to remember forever and what you get is really detailed feedback so every time you mm. open your, your kitchen cupboard up you're remembering that day you had at sky betting game and you're thinking i know for next time i've got to learn this this and this i'll come back in mm. then i'll nail it um we we were going to so do this, a gold, we were going to do sorry. a golden we we're going to do a golden envelope as well, but we never got that one off the ground. <laughs> what was the golden envelope? The, the sign on. It, it was going to be your offer, so we'd already pre close yeah. the candidate. But you'd ha you know we'd after the end of the session we'd come over and give you the golden envelope and say that's your offer. Oh, wow, very cute. There's a question here from Mr. Segar, possibly boring. I don't doubt that. Um, but did you have to get them to sign some kind of contract to make it work from compliance and payroll point of view? He's sadly, getting yeah. into the nitty gritty of stealing your yeah. ideas here. Yeah, yeah. Sad, <laughs> yeah. Sad, sadly, you have to do all that stuff. So, yeah, everyone, yeah. everyone has to sign an, an NDA and some of the documentation. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's so the hardest the... thing, was trying to get internal people to buy into it. This had to go to mm. our technical leadership team, who love it now, but at the time. Yeah. It, mm. There would have been a lot of fear, wouldn't there, around vulnerability. They're getting into our systems. They're mm. walking our floors. They're, yeah. 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 I kind of get that. Um, I did love something that you just said, though. I heard details and feedback strung together in a sentence. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> oh, sorry, because like if you just do an X-ray search for Glassdoor for never heard back, it's like thirty-five thousand reviews or something. So you've got mm. people spending the entire day with you. That's good that you are not only paying them, you're giving them feedback. So what sort of feedback are they getting? So after you completed your day, they'd have an oh. office tour. So whilst the office tour was going on, we'd be like speaking to people in the squad to make a decision on that person if they were going to get offered. They'd come back, right. we'd, we'd offer them on the spot. For the ones that it wasn't going to be an offer, we'd make sure we've got enough detailed feedback so we can actually let them go away on the day with feedback. Yeah. I'd say the majority of the time we could do that. There was just an odd occasions where it didn't happen because we might have run a session and we, we sort of tweaked this where we had three people in at the same time. Yeah. And oh. Challenging. We, yeah, we wanted to have more Low time pressure. to make a final decision. So 
it's probably better to be one-on-one so you can make that, make that decision. Um, mm. And often, obviously, you talk a lot about candidate ghosting, people not getting feedback, but it's like you've got to give that feedback in the moment yeah. because yeah. They, they remember it and they won't come back. Um, I yeah. tell people that community is small and they all talk to each other. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. It's, it's crazy. So what sort of, you didn't obviously have any fear about delivering feedback. Like you, I, mean, I assume it was F- constructive feedback. technical feedback. Yeah, f- feedback's a hard one anyway. No one likes Give, giving feedback specials to candidates and you think oh god they're putting a full day of their time but I think because they'd enjoyed it so much and built those relationships with people even if it yeah. was a no they, they weren't too bothered because they were getting the type of feedback they probably wouldn't have got from a traditional interview so they went mm-hmm. away with it when I agree with what you've said but then we also had people at the end of the day where they didn't want to join us because it was like this role's probably not for me but I would have probably said yes in an interview room mm. true I just have it every time you say interview room, I picture those rooms that are really lovely, but the office isn't. You know, that the the marble at the front and the crap at the back. Yeah, sorry. Every time you're saying it, that's what I'm picturing. No bad experiences in my memory. To be fair, fair, our meeting rooms are really great. I think the only thing I would say that are bad about them is we have like a smoked line across the middle. So when Mm. people walk by, you can see the feet. So from candidate's perspective, (laughs) it can be quite distracting. So if you've maybe got someone who's neurodiverse, they're yeah. seeing loads of people walking by, you know. And I always joke when it's summertime and people in shorts, it's like naked attraction. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite funny. That's quality. That is quality. Well, let's uh, let, yeah. let, let's pitch Mitch's question at Clive. I think uh, I think that's, that's uh, fair. Duh. And we well, must forget the neurodiverse, which you just mentioned as well. Must yeah, which are really important. Big but Mitch fun. asked price of the show. He was like, okay, so. I'd like to ask Clive if he thinks the advice he's giving is just apl- just as applicable to companies that no one has heard of as it is to companies as widely known as Sky. Yeah, definitely. I think it's all about us improving the candidate experience, for, especially for software engineers. I'm not saying this is the, the, me- the, the method, the secret sauce to actually hire people. What I want to do is people to actually improve the experience for a software engineer because if you improve your experience, and even if you're a company that no one's heard of, if I speak to that candidate or my colleague speaks to that candidate, they're more likely to want to have that recruitment conversation. But mm. quite often the experience is so bad, they just hide from us. Uh, and then it makes it even harder. So you've got to try and sometimes think of mm. innovative ways to engage with these people, which really we, sh- we shouldn't have to always do these type of tactics. True. True. Equally as well, Clive, fairly or unfairly, uh, not everybody can afford to pay £500 for a days of somebody's time. So, I mean, how, how important was that to the people that, you know, kind of turned up to your days? Were they sort of turning up with an invoice in hand, like, this is part of the deal? To be honest with you, at the end of it, most people weren't bothered whether we paid them or not. You had to chase them, even though, but what we did is we changed it where they signed paperwork up front so we could pay them quite quickly. Um, mm. It wasn't about the money, it was about doing something new, the challenge, and we did, mm like I say, run retros with people, and they probably said they would have come in for a lot less. I think you could probably do this, not actually pay Oh, he was you wanting to pay them double. Yeah. I'm always generous, though, if that, if that is honest. Um, but I think when it comes to, like, technical tests, I'm, I'm not mm. saying run a time back as cam- cash campaign, but if you mm. were recruiting software engineers and you're expecting them to do a, a technical test, either reduce the time it takes them to do the technical mm. test or okay. if it's going to be something that's going to take them quite a lot of their 
personal time. Pay them mm-hmm. some type of bounty, maybe, you know, um, maybe some money for submission, maybe some money mm-hmm. if you pass if you pass. Mm-hmm. You know, show some Definitely. show show some commitment on your part. That doesn't have yeah. to be much to get people to want to engage with it. What about a yeah. ticket to a conference or a training manual or a something, like, you know, something yeah. a bit different. You you probably got access at work to something that's free. Yeah. You know, for example, we I have... don't know why Glenn just pulled a face. Why'd you pull a face at that? I thought that was such a cool idea. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I agree. I think uh, I think the, the the thing that Clive touched upon, which is the key, is feedback is the payment for people's time. Right? Really mm. decent, good quality feedback. Most people will yeah. walk away happily with mm. that alone, um, and mm. it doesn't take much to kind of get to that point where you can actually give some really good quality feedback. So yeah, I was just kind of asking that question for. Sorry, Glenn, I so interrupted you. Um, the, it's extraordinary recruiters struggle with that when our job is rejecting people, like in general, not so much for developers, but the fact that normally there's all these people and one role yeah. and you've got to... No, because developers, there's a shortage, right? So I'm talking about most 100%. roles. So I don't understand yeah. why recruiters have such a problem delivering that feedback. It's just part of the job. It's just... I think with feedback, it's about building that relationship with that, that candidate, yeah. though. The more you've had interactions with them, the easier it mm. comes when you have to make that fortunate call. But if you've yeah. not had many interactions with them, it can be quite cold. So it's like that's yeah. why a lot of people, unfortunately, don't deliver it great, which then makes it mm. even harder for my job, my oh. team's job, everyone's yeah. job. Exactly. I think- there's a flip there as well in terms of your relationship as a recruiter with a hiring manager. If your relationship's there and they know the expectation that you've set and you want in terms of feedback and you know that, that kind of interaction, um, then actually that's incumbent on you to build that because that's the connection between obviously the hiring manager, the feedback, and then the, uh, and then the candidate, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's about proving that you you can actually hire engineers with your hiring managers because until you've got that relationship sorted, you're never going to be able to change a lot of things. Um, mm. it, it took me a long time to actually win over the trust of my hiring when I first joined and same for mm. colleagues in my team. But once you've proved you can make a difference, they will listen to you. But you can't you can't change it on day one, say I'm going to rock up and do this differently. It just mm. won't work because they'll go, prove it. Can you actually do this? Yeah. Um, <laughs> one of the, the one of my, one of my uh, worst days at, at SVG was – I had 25 candidates all at technical test stage. So they'd spent their weekend submitting a technical test. These mm-hmm. were all front-end engineers. And yeah. the technical test came in, and they sat with engineers to review the work for two, three weeks, didn't hire any of these people. But luckily, because I'd worked with head technology, I'd made hires before, we could change the process. But I would have hated to have been a recruiter that just come in, got 25 people to technical test. And then try to have a conversation about why we need to change things. It, it probably wouldn't have happened. Yeah, you'd probably be Definitely. walking out the door equally as quickly. <laughs> yeah. 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 So you mentioned, and I think it was also in the video, that this helped with neurodiverse candidates as well, which was really cool. Can you explain mm. more about that? Because obviously, yeah. traditional interview will never work for them. So this was part of the the the, the thought process and the thinking behind it. So when I actually sort of came up with that moment of thinking of the product or the, uh, yeah. the innovation, I'd been listening to a gentleman called Theo Smith uh, at, Theo. Yeah, yeah, at the Fry, the Fry We Camp. might have had a drunken evening with Theo <laughs> late last year when one could actually mingle. Exactly. <laughs> he's a dude. So yeah. he, 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 this talk was really amazing. It, it made yeah. me actually 
listener actually think a little bit different about the type of candidates yeah. that I'd had engagements with. And then I already knew that some of these candidates may be neurodiverse and you spend all this time trying to find them. You do this technical test, which they probably don't want to do. You mm. get them into an interview situation. You've probably met them like a few times before and you know, you get the feedback from managing, they're like, they're not going to work for us. And I was like, them, but these people can churn out some great code. You know, they speak at events, but they're just not great mm. in an interview room. Yeah. And then it was part of that was like, we just don't need these people actually in interview surroundings. We need them actually doing the job, okay. working yeah. with the colleagues that are going to work with, you know, they're never really ever going to go in that meeting room ever again in their life. So yeah. why do we need to put them in that situation? Um, but I think it's about giving candidates the choice. It's a bit of a pick and mix option, you know, so you might have something to go, I want to do that. And we've had a couple of people that have got in touch to say, I know you're not advertising that, but can I come through that recruitment process for that? But then we've got other people like, going, I just want to go the traditional way, you know, I'll do the technical test, I'll see how I get on. Or other people, mm. we tend to be like, let's just have a coffee meet, see if you're engaged, if you're engaged, then depending on how, we're, how, um, how keen they are to get a new role depends on how quickly we move and what options we take. Mm. Sounds and cool, man. Can you actually say which way the neurodiverse applicants tend to go out of that process? Got, I imagine coffee meet. So my brother has Asperger's, so I'm thinking of him, and it's just like, no way, coffee meet would be really awkward for him. It's hard because sometimes people won't declare this. So it's like, right. you, you, you can only sometimes make make assumptions. Um, yeah. it, it's nice if a candidate would declare it, but they don't often. So it's just saying, you know, do you need any reasonable adjustments to make the process easier for you? And that's when you'd actually tell them what options we could do. The, the hardest thing with any type of recruitment, especially I think software engineering recruitment, is finding the candidate mm. in the first place. I think once yeah. you've found them, that's when you've got to be quite proactive, create that VIP experience. And I think mm. for a lot of roles nowadays as well, because they're not going to hang around for long or they're going to quite quickly check out of your process. Mm. That's cool. That is cool. I love that question. Is there any adjustments you need? I don't think we ask it enough. No. <laughs> we, had a, we, had a, we had a talk last week from a training company about neurodiversity and we were mentioning some questions about assessment centres and they're going to come away and think of more ideas for us to how we can make adjustments as well in the future as well, which was really great. Mm. Mm. Interesting. Equally as well, though, um, you know, some <laughs> neurodiverse individuals don't necessarily feel like they need any workplace adjustments. So that question may not kind of resonate with them. They'll just be like, you know, I've been doing this job for the last, you know, five, ten years or whatever yeah. it is. So I don't know. There's, there's no adjustments that are that I need yeah. but I think uh, you know certainly it sounds like what you've developed is to your point that kind of pick and mix approach to how somebody would like to go through an interview process and actually being able to give an individual a choice I think is superb I think that you know appreciate more time consuming perhaps in terms of the kind of arrangements of logistics etc but but actually what you're creating there is a better better experience for them right definitely and something that's personalised, so they are choosing as opposed to it being kind of enforced upon them. We, we think about a lot, lots of the methods, how we recruit, they're so old school, we don't really change that much. Yeah. So what I would say to anyone is just try and change a little bit of your process. You know, mm -hmm. you could save yourself so much pain points, but also make it better for your candidates. Yeah. And outside of development, um, have you seen certainly within you know kind of skybet etc have you seen what you've done and used as a blueprint within software dev utilized in in different 
you know, different areas of the kind of recruitment process across the team that you, you head up? Has it, have you been able to sort of tweak and change, you know, say, for instance, product or design or, or whatever? So, so we've had conversations internally about other areas of the business using the same method to recruit. We've not got to the stage mm. where we've actually done it as such yet, but we're often trying to tweak how we recruit. So at the moment, we're trying to introduce mask profiles through uh, our ATS, which will be something new. We're trying to do it where we actually assess the candidates on a, a, a workplace test. So that the hiring manager doesn't actually see the CVs first. It's actually based yeah. upon the, the test somebody's done or presentation and then mm. the top the top three go into the interview, then you actually see the CV. But the great thing at SBG is we're able to try new ideas. We're not sort of set in our ways. I think mm. we're, trying, we're often pushed to think of those new ways of working rather than it being, oh, this has been forced upon us or somebody else mm. is doing this. And I think our home managers expect us to push them a little bit as well. well that's, that's good. Cool. That's positive. So by masked, you mean you're hiding what? So it's How much like, do you hide? Is it just names and photos and so so we're currently testing it in a sandbox environment, so it's not into mm. production yet, but we've been doing it yeah. off, offline with the traditional taking stuff off CVs, but hopefully the ATS can yeah. do it. So it's mm. it's just basically your work experience. It won't even say education, no personal details. Mm. So the recruiters will review that, removes any recruiter bias, then they actually have the conversations with the people, but then at the hiring manager end they just see the same as what the recruiter says initially. So there's hopefully no hiring manager bias as well. Mm. Jay Shree's got an interesting comment here. Uh, cool. She's in India. Um, so how do you deal with the developers who already have an offer in hand and are shopping around till they complete their notice period? Admittedly, in India, it's very common that there's a 90-day notice period. Wow. Oh. Do you have that kind of problem or do you find them all <laughs> brought in because of... We've not lost people that we've offered because of a counter offer, but what, we have lost people before in a traditional method where they've accepted and they come back and give their notice. And one thing we have done and we do quite mm. well is we in increase the engagement between ourselves and the candidate, but also the hiring manager and the candidate. So we don't make the offer, put the phone down and go, we'll speak to you the Friday before yeah. the Monday start in three months time. We then try and get the relationship between the hiring manager and the team. We Pre-COVID, we'd be inviting them in for drinks. We'd be inviting mm. them to socials, team events, mm. You know, spending a, a morning or an afternoon with us so yeah. the, the team get to know them. We also send out a starter pack. There's a there's a book list that people get, but then for certain- mm. Do they get their mug with the actual employee on it now? No, there's, <laughs> lo there's loads of branded <laughs> mugs in the cupboard. <laughs> yeah. I love that, cool. so cute. But you do. So, how have you shifted your pre-boarding then for COVID? Mm. For like, are are you remote or are you actually since you're in the office, aren't you? So, there's, there's not many. All just... We're all fully remote at the moment. I'm in the, the office. Mm. There. There's probably thirty people that are coming in. Uh, yeah. You have to apply for a place. I've just come in because it's just a break from home. We've hired a hundred plus people that have gone mm. through a fully remote virtual hiring and onboarding process. We. Yeah didn't have any processes in place to do this when we, we were thrown out of the office, shall we say. Um, and really? We've managed, we, we've managed to even build the commit the kit remotely and curry the kit to them. So that was one of our biggest challenges. Um, mm. And it, I think it's hard because it's like candidates are going for a full process and experience, never meeting these people. The courier yeah. knocks on the door, they get the kit, they log on, IT then remotely log on, go through, set them up. 
and then you start mm. your, your Zoom calls and your meetings the, the following week. So mm. I'm not saying we've we've nailed it and got it perfect every time. It's it's a learning curve. I have had people get yeah. in touch with me to say, Clive, I started, but where's my kit? But you know, <laughs> oh wow, well, okay, yeah, you, you can't get it right every time. That, every that's time. the that that's the good. Have thing you had about. one of those big aha moments where something did go wrong, or you just got <laughs> because it was remote? Not, not with virtual hirings. We've had it in the past where they get sent um, a goodie box and often people don't update their address. So this goodie box isn't cheap and it goes to their old address. So we've not been, oh. we've not sent a Mac to someone's old address yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can that you awkward. <laughs> awkward. <laughs> it is a little bit easier to get people's postal addresses at the moment because mm. they're a bit more likely to go, yeah, here it is. Mm. There's less of this. Oh, but I'm at home. And has, so has, have you got plans to stay remote? Like, is it opening up doors because you're like, actually, we don't need to get people in now with, you know, it's working so, so well that the so borders it, have gone. Or? Yeah, so it's, it's working really, work, work really well. I'm just going to put my teeth back in. Um, <laughs> we're in the process of working. I was going to say it's Friday, but we've changed days. <laughs> that used to be our excuse every time we fluffed up. <laughs> so it's not confusing so being on a Thursday. So we're working on some future ways of working and what the model will be. Yeah, the thing that I always used to sell SBG on, and everyone did, was collab collaborating with colleagues. And it used to be like those face-to-face -face interactions. Often mm. you get a candidate, and they'd be like, "I want to work from home three days a week." And it's like we lost so many candidates at the time because we couldn't offer that. We'd be like, "Good, mm. yeah, you can work from home one day a week, or if your boiler breaks, so you've got to collect that delivery." Mm. But it's now flipped round the opposite way. So mm. I think mm. it's about people will come into the office, but it's more about team interactions, the moments that matter. Yeah. Um, we probably won't ever sit in the same seat. It might be hot desk in, but mm. one of our ADLs is working on this project that he presents next week. So I'm all excited to see what the mm. future is. But it's, it's definitely mm. not going to be the, the same. Sorry, thing. an ADL? Agile delivery lead. Okay, thank you. Sorry. Don't <laughs> me TLAs in this world. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Clive, do you, do you think that um, one of the hopefully positive consequences of COVID and kind of remote working is perhaps the recruitment team's are actually focusing more on pre-boarding now. So I, you know, thinking more actively about how they do need to interact and kind of, you know, keep that 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 kind of communication going from the point of offer all the way through to somebody joining because it's the disconnect was always there if if in person, but actually remotely people could feel a, another degree of separation away from a, a business that they that they've provisionally agreed to join. What's your thoughts yeah. on that? So I've, I've always been a big advocate of the, the pre-onboarding piece, but I think especially more so now with virtual hiring and virtual onboarding, these people have never met you. You know, there's mm -hmm. no allegiance to join your business. Mm -hmm. You know, they've accepted the offer, they've put the phone down, they've signed the paperwork. This is where the real fun starts, the real hard work. Yeah. You've got to get them engaged because mm -hmm. unless that person's out of work, they're still probably a little bit more hesitant. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. I always used to like it with some of my candidates where, even though they got like the book list, I'd send them something extra in the post if I, you know, if I could get my hands on it. So we used to have access to football league tickets. So I'd, I'd find out secretly they supported some random team in the lower leagues. I'd send, I'd send them some tickets. Um, yeah. I, I found out once that someone was interested in, uh, I think it was rugby union. We sent them a book on um, the Kiwis and I think it's called legacy about the rugby union's conquering team. And that mm. person who we actually hired then put that on social media to say, look what Skybet have sent me and I'm joining. Yeah. So it wasn't yeah. about getting those moments 
in social media, that was great. But it was actually them thinking you've gone the extra mile. You really do care mm. about me. So if you're caring mm. that much before I've joined, what's it going to be like when I join? Yeah. Hey, mm. I'm going to be I'm going to be cheeky because I've noticed that you you mention um, <clears throat> men's names quite a lot when you were talking. Do do you with the shift to remote work has it allowed you to attract more female developers a little bit but the only problem you've got is there's not many female developers about full stop it, it, full, full stop i did hire a female mm. developer uh, at christmas time um yeah even though i don't do so much day-to-day -day recruiting myself um mm. i've hired a female engineering manager it's not for want of trying it's just that the talent pool isn't there but a lot of the problems yeah. are because we've never given these people the opportunities that 16 18 year olds to come on board and join in an entry-level mm -hmm. role um i think things yeah. will change in the future um mm. but also where we're based in leeds it's like you if you do a technical event most of the people that come mm. are, are male unfortunately yeah mm. i mean i think, I there's... think there's still that uh, issue with um almost that generational thing of you know so i grew up with the oh tech was boring like mm. you wouldn't want to go into that, you know, that was what people did in the basement kind of thing. And there's still a little bit of that going on with the parents, really strangely. There still yeah. needs mm. to be more of a push and more of awareness back at the schools. Yeah. Um, yeah. And actually um, my sister works for Engineering Australia and she was having a huge problem with some of the all girls schools. And I'm hoping to God it wasn't mine. Um, getting, being allowed to get somebody who's an engineer, female engineer into talk at the school, at the careers evenings. They just wanted doctors mm. and lawyers. And she was it, just going, oh, my God. Yeah. It's just, getting, just the, it's getting those yeah. role models that you can put out mm. to actually speak yeah. to people. We are, we are fortunate. We've got some really great role models and that are yeah. female as well. Um, Dr. Sue Black, I love her. She's yeah. but <laughs> even, even my youngest son, he, he goes to a code club. Uh, well, mm. before, yeah, before, yeah. Before, before lockdown. And it, it's mm. mainly boys that are still interested in tech, but at the schools, they, they don't realise that their future are in the coding jobs. Yeah, I think um, there's the partnership pieces as well. If you had kind of more kind of entry level roles, um, you know, sort of degree level, uh, there's, you know, kind of social enterprises like Code First Girls, Girls Who Code, et cetera, et cetera, which, you know, you can you can start to work with those communities um, to, to build those partnerships and then you'd have access to, to perhaps talent pools. But, you know, it, it depends on, I guess, the technical capability you need for your dev team, um, you know, now, medium and long term, right? So it's there. I hope it's an open door. My Labrador work from home problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, it's just going off behind me. <laughs> so, are Sorry, you? Uh, and I was just going to say, uh, for you know, obviously, for, from clients' point of view, this is this is a really kind of, you know, it's a concept that you've proved works, right? Um, yep. So, how would you advise? So, somebody's watched this show. They're like, man, that sounds like a really really cool idea. How do they put together? a pitch to their business to you know what are the one two three things they need to be concentrating on to pitch this idea to their business their, their their board exec team i think it doesn't have to be that unique what you pitch you know it could even be just changing some of the your, your processes like for, for example when you send out a software engineer uh, a tech test for them to complete what are the time restrictions in place you might have some quick wins that you don't even need to go to your board so previously when we used to recruit, you sent a tech test to an engineer, they'd have a telephone call with an engineer manager, they'd put the phone down, they had two hours dead to send that back. Nobody ever sent it back within two hours, they failed straight away. So it's mm. changing little things like that. 
in terms of yeah. pitching pitching new ideas you've got to be able to sometimes give them the case study it works and if you if you've never done it you've not got the case study in the, the first place or I've, mm. or I've seen your people adamant it won't work you, you do sometimes have a big challenge to go through mm. yeah definitely is that when you're just a bit rebellious and do it anyway and see what happens maybe uh, not the 500 quid though <laughs> I, I think it depends, it depends on your business though because i worked mm. in other businesses and i like coming up with ideas but mm. some of the ideas that I've been able to implement where I work now, I'm quite fortunate. It, it's about bringing those ideas to the table. If I'd have said the same ideas elsewhere, they'd have said, write it down in a postcard. You might get a £25 reward. Now, jog on. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so if for yeah. some people, you know, you'll struggle to even get them to change the rulings on a tech test. You know, yeah. that, that might be the big thing that you do is your win. Or one, one is maybe even going to partnership with one of your competitors, you know, there's that whole duplication of effort you might have someone that sits mm. in the building opposite you that you're fighting mm. for the same talent with so why don't you work together you know mm. recruit together you know they can come and do the same tech test and do an interview at your place in the morning go and see them mm. in the afternoon yeah cooperation nice we might as well because again it would be that the same area they'd know somebody in the area and then it's that whole bring other people all referrals is all referrals, isn't it? For devs, you know, thirty isn't it something like thirty percent of our referral? Yeah. So. And I'd, I'd say if, if you wanted to do something amazing, get a decent referral friend scheme. That's the one that I'd say pitch mm. to your leadership team because mm. most of my competition have a decent referral scheme. Some pay even better than we do. Yeah. But if you're mm. still trying to pay two hundred and fifty pound to hire a dev, well, you're not going to get any referrals. Yeah. It's a little <laughs> bit different if you're trying to recruit someone into a contact center, but. Mm. Mm. You've got to make it worthwhile for people to, to actually pass on their referrals. It also goes mm. back with that referral scheme, isn't it, to an initial thank you and then a, a transparency through the process. So the referrer is fully aware where their referee is as well, isn't it? Because that yeah. also impacts not just the money. Yeah. So. And equally, yeah. a, a very effective and efficient alumni scheme might be a... Might Very, be something that yes. you want to... I hear our sponsor, Enterprise Alumni, is quite good at that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful plug there, Glenn. Actually, while we've got done a segue, I'm just going to mention who is next week. Oh, who the guest is next week. Let's put my teeth in this time. Erin um, Peterson is joining us to talk about uh, specifically female heads of talent acquisition and how we can get out of our own way. So I'm quite looking forward to that. Sounds cool. Great Sounds really cool. Yes. She has a really cool podcast as well. Actually... I believe Clem Martin might have just launched a new podcast. What's it called again? <laughs> Thank you. Um, it's called He's Never really Mind. embarrassed about it. It was really cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bit of a plug. Yeah, it's called. I was like, what about coming on that? <laughs> yeah, well, you, yeah, you will do. You will do. It's called, it's called Never Mind the Job Spec. So basically, it's me chatting to people every week um, about their kind of personal and career journeys to, I, I guess, help us all kind of reframe the notion of the mm. ideal job spec. So, yeah, kind of challenging that notion. So, yeah, that's uh, first one's gone out. Ben Miller was the guest, and he's, he's totally awesome. So, you know, if you've got a spare hour, feel free to listen. <laughs> Very good, um, from what I've heard so far. I couldn't listen to it all. I had to stop and do some work. It was like, oh, God, I'm so, you know when you're sucked in? You're like, oh, I have to stop. <laughs> Clive, thank you so much. You now look like you're, um, you've become quite angelic there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. In. <laughs> the, the, the Anybody sun. who thinks we don't have sun in the UK, we have had extraordinary weather all through the pandemic (laughs) one cannot complain um thank you so much for coming on and sharing all of that um really quite interesting as well thank you thank you thank you thank you
Um, particularly as you got swapped out a little unexpectedly, didn't you? Yeah. It was what, like, oh, you're going on the social recruiting show. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. what? What I would say is my, my final tips to people is it's about mm. trying to improve the whole experience, whether you're recruiting a software mm. engineer, a product manager, yeah. Yeah. someone in your ops team. And these are the bits that you can do. So recently, one of the things I've done is I've actually gone out and surveyed everyone that we've gone through from a, a video interview perspective, yep. just to see if there's minor things that we can tweak. Um, mm. It didn't come up with... Oh, the, so these the, are people who've been through interviews recently on video interviews. Yeah, through with virtual interviews. Just find out, you know, is the things that we're not doing right? You know, are there any bad hiring manager practices? It's come mm. back really, really Are any of them potentially uh, not having their camera on? I've not, had one, I, I, I've not had one of those, thank, thank goodness. Um, <laughs> Seriously, though. <no. laughs> yeah. One thing that did come back was obviously a lot of people have got that anxiety. It's that waiting for the feedback. And mm. then yeah. we make quite a few candidates do presentations. And yeah. someone came back with a suggestion is, could you send me the presentation guide, the logos? Because it put a lot of stress on them. So there's little things that we're going to tweak yeah, and tweak and tweak and idea. change. Um, and then also yeah. that... That's surprise. So some people like to go freestyle on a video interview. People don't like that. They want to know up front, I'm going to be doing yeah. this this time. This part comes, this part, rather than it being, I'm going to leave you for 10 minutes and then come back, but then you'll have done this. Yeah. Interesting. That would be Glenn. Yeah. I would want to know ahead. I'd just fly by the seat of my pants as usual. Yeah. But, I would. <laughs> honestly, he'd have structured bullet points for this if I let him, but I won't. <laughs> <laughs> I said it's a chat show. It's not a like a webinar. <laughs> I've, I've got you've got used to it over the last year, haven't you? I've, I've slapped I, you into permission. You've got yeah, that. Exactly. <laughs> I'm seeing these rules above uh, your head, Clive. I just so want to know. <laughs> it's it's, co it's it, COVID rules. Uh, okay. Is it? Oh, God. Yeah. It's Good work. Good cold. work. Yeah. Very dull. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for all of that. Um, I'm going to come back to you because I have a presentation on lessons learned from <laughs> recruiting remotely. So I'll be like, oh, Clive, Clive. You will, of course, be name, name checked. Um, so I'm going to be back in touch with that. Um, everybody, have a, we appreciating it's Thursday, but have the most wonderful weekend and Friday. Obviously. When you get there. Um, we shall be back the same time next week, Thursday, 3 p.m. UK, 10 a.m. Eastern. And we look forward to seeing you then. Uh, thank you again, Clive. No <laughs> Thanks, Clive. Bye. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.